You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. All right, so we got Mark not dropping out of my end and and Mike recording. So, folks, welcome to GSE episode 156. We're starting out on a middle high low note there. Well, it sounds like typical internet to me. It does. Yeah. Although, Mike, I'm starting to think we're on the wrong show. Why would what, you this say week that? in porn or something? Or, uh, or, uh, <laughs> that's, that's cl- a, that, that'd be a classic one for the Twit Network to do. Ooh. <laughs> this or Klingons in- around Uranus. Yeah. <laughs> Mark has trouble with his Klingons, so don't get him too fired up. Oh, I have. Guys, I have trouble with everything. I've had this sore throat for weeks on end now, and it's a red sore throat. I picked it up from a very good friend, and uh, yeah, just awful. That, that, that's why I should just stay in my man cave and not go out anywhere, because you go out, you socialize with people, and you get sick. Well, that's, that's yeah. Well, I don't know what to tell you other than maybe if you went out and socialized more, you'd build up more immunity. That's also possible, but I've got to get sick to build the immunity up. I, I, I've got to tell you, with having suffered the flu this year, I, I just I'm looking forward to summer coming just to get rid of the sicknesses. I'm I'm tired of it now. I'm just like, no, it's over. You guys can have winter back. You guys can have the snow. No, we don't want it. We don't need it. I, Mike, no. I know you don't like it, but Kevin, Kevin loves it. He's, he's yeah, baby. Kevin. Yeah, baby. Yeah, we yeah, decorate. He's doing- He's doing a chair dance over there. Yeah, we decorated the house for fall this week. We put up the fall garland and stuff like that. It even has lights and stuff in it. So Okay. I, I think Kevin's a bit weird because both me and Mike just looked strangely into our cameras then and just went, what? <laughs> we were thinking, what? You, you always look for the fall? You'd always look strange in your camera. But that's beside yeah, that's, the that's point. Right, but the listeners don't have to put up with that. So so do you decorate the house for the season? For the for fall and winter, yes. Not for spring and summer. I, I, okay, is this some American thing cuz I have never heard anyone do that kind of stuff out here. Well, I mean, you got we we do the fall decorations where we got it's you know how the multicolored leaves and stuff you've seen? I've sent you pictures of the stuff that sure, we have. Yeah. So uh, it's garland that looks like the leaves are turning and stuff like that. And, you know, then we'll start to bring out the pumpkins and the stuff like that as we get closer to Halloween. And then before Halloween, then we bring out the jack-o'-lanterns and all that sort of thing. So, yes, we do in, in our house. And some people do and some don't. They'll put out fall flower arrangements and things like that. Um, but, you know, this is just me. Well, why do you want to have uh, garlands of fall leaves in your house when there's already a ton of them outside begging to be raked? That's just masochism, <laughs> dude. There's none in the, There's none outside yet because nothing started to turn here yet. They will. You'll be out there, and you'll have to round them up, and you'll have to take care of them. Oh, yeah, because I've got several large trees in the yard, and my neighbors have several large trees, and my fence manages to catch all the leaves. So I usually have, when we rake it all up, We'll get a stack that's about four feet tall by about four feet wide by about 70 feet long of of leaves that that we rake up every year. This is why we have evergreens around our house, (laughs) and we still have a ton of leaves. Well, these leaves, these trees I did not plant. These Uh trees were here when I built the house. So, I mean, I, you know, it's not like I planted them on purpose. Uh, This is old farmland, and they've been there for 
uh, eons and eons. So, you know, what can I say? But I do like the fall because uh, it'll frost, it'll kill the bugs, you know, and no more bugs outside. So I can, and I can finally go outside and not be trapped in the house by the summer heat. Well, my kids like to- falls. My, my kids Sorry, like my- fall because it uh, it uh, kills the ragweed, so it takes care of uh, allergies. Ah, that's understand. Yeah, because it's starting to get the allergies are starting to get bad around here at this time of year. Hmm. So, what were you going to say, Mark? I was just going to say that that's the only one thing I dislike about some of the bugs come back. The uh, huntsman spiders. Oh uh, yeah, I, you know I've already seen some of the baby ones come in. And, uh, guys, can you stop doing that with your hands, please? They're doing spiders with their hands. Jeez. No, the, the baby ones we've seen a few recently. We're, we're thinking of getting the pest controller out to spray the house, which we haven't done in the past. Um, but I don't know. We'll just see. Yeah, we um, – unfortunately, they outlawed the stuff I used to put around the house to keep away the bugs. Something Mike probably heard of it called diazinon. Oh, sure. Yeah, you can't buy it anymore. <laughs> It's it's the good stuff. They take all the good stuff away from you. So I know I just because just because it killed other creatures, you know, whatever. Well, I know I used to put it around the foundation, and one year I got it down. I the, I had the spreader set at the wrong uh, thing to dump it on the yard because I used to do like a three or four foot strip around the whole house, and I mean you, I had you stripped no, around the house. No, no, a three or in four, this you, kilt. And yes, in my kilt. <laughs> oh. Image, image. Man, man, man boobs showing? No, no, I kept my shirt on. <laughs> but my, I had, you know, other things showing. Anyway, because the breeze oh, would dude. come up. Anyway, oh, the, uh, but that stuff would, I put it down a little too thick one year. And I mean, we had no bugs for about two or three years. No crickets, <laughs> no nothing came within 10 feet of my house. <laughs> no squirrels, no chipmunks, <laughs> no anything. It got, oh. it got rid of everything. <laughs> Just undo like uh, my for- one of my former bosses did once and mix up the uh, fall weed spray with the Roundup. Because yeah. Roundup kills everything. He had yeah. a brown lawn. Yeah, that will tend to tend to kill things a bit. Um, and I, I need to take a sidetrack here. Uh, we were talking about deaths and stuff like that. I wanted to make mention, uh, recently I lost uh, my Uncle Mel. Uh, he was an amazing man. He was... 93 years old when he passed away just over a week ago and he was the last of my father's family so i am now the second oldest living male in the family which is a little strange to me but that aside uh uncle mel was a world war ii veteran and was extremely proud of it he was an amazing man he you know lived in a very small town where he grew up there was a town of like 50 people and he enlisted in the Army Air Corps during World War II and flew in a B-17, uh, 25 full missions over top over Germany. He was what they called the flight engineer and top turret gunner. I don't know if anybody's familiar with the B-17s, but that little turret on top that they used to shoot at the, you know, the fighters and stuff coming in after him, that's where Uncle Mel, that's where he served during his 25 missions. But uh, he was 93 years old, and uh, he was just an amazing person. He was a fixture in the small town that uh, he lived in. He was known by almost everybody. He had an interesting nickname, which he never told us where it came from. Instead of going by Melvin, or Mel, as he was known to all the, the family, he went by the name Bunny. 
He was referred to as Bunny Alder. I remember when I met my wife years and years ago, she said, are you related to Bunny Alder? And I said, yes, I am. And she said, I have to meet the man they call Bunny Alder. And, you know, it was just it was just amazing. My Uncle Mel, while he was in the Army Air Corps, met his wife. Uh, she was also in the Army. Uh, I guess she was a whack, if I remember correctly. She passed away about two years ago. But um, Uncle Mel was a real character. He, he, he always had a smile, always had something pleasant to say to everybody. He's going to be tremendously missed by his family. He leaves behind. Uh, he had a son that was a Vietnam War veteran that passed away probably 10 years ago. Uh, but he leaves behind many grandchildren, several great-grandchildren. Um, and he was just an amazing man. I, I, I can't say enough about him. He, he, he always treated me like I was something special whenever I was around him. He always went out of his way to see, you know, say, Kevin, how are you doing? What's, what's up today? You know, and then when I would ask him about his war experiences as I got older and started to understand history, he loved to share the stories and, and you know, help me understand what he, he went through. He was part of what a lot of people refer to as the greatest generation to ever live. Um, he, he, he had an actual yearbook, I guess, for lack of the same thing like we get in high school. That was of his of the fighter wing that he or the uh, bomber wing that he was attached to, and it was interesting. His entire crew, all but the tail gunner, survived all the missions and came back. The tail gunner was on a another mission because he missed one while he was sick or something, and he went on another mission and he got shot down, and didn't survive that mission. But the rest of the crew that my uncle was a part of. And their, and their plane didn't survive either. They loaned their plane to somebody else on another mission. And the plane got shot down without the crew on it. So, but, you know, they went through everything. They got bombed by the Germans, got their air base bombed multiple times. And he would just talk about it. And then probably one of the most interesting things was he was buried in a small cemetery out in the middle of nowhere last week. It's a very old cemetery. It goes back to about 1805. 1810, might even go back a little before that. That's the oldest graves I've seen out there. But uh, even out there, the military came out and rendered my uncle full military honors for his service to the country during World War II. They had active duty military personnel personnel there to do the flag ceremony and play taps. They had a 21-gun salute for him from the veterans of the foreign wars. It was just an amazing thing to see that how the how our military treats those who have served this country, and he was the one in my life probably that inspired me most to be as proud to be an American as anybody else. And everybody can be proud of who and what they are, but Uncle Mel was truly an amazing man, and I'm really going to miss him. Well, you know, there are a lot of those people of that generation. Um, you know, they they did a lot because my mom was uh, was about that age, and. Um, and you know they that whole generation they went through a lot they did a lot to get us where we're at um and you know there's two kinds of veterans uh, i've kind of seen that come back from world war ii i had i had two uncles one he would come back and he would tell us all these stories about how he'd be in a foxhole and a uh, bomb would come down and the guy and uh, next to him would get you know blown up he had those kinds of stories and my other uncle um when he came back uh went up, uh, took his uniform off, went in the closet, hung up, and he didn't speak about it. He wasn't until the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years that he was able to start talking about some of the experiences that he had uh, during the war. 
And so there, there's two uh, types of people when it comes to uh, the, the war veterans there. And for him to be able to tell you about that and, you know, inspire that sort of, um, you know, patriotism and, and love for country in you, that's something that uh, can't be overlooked. No, and, and like I said, he was true. I, I had another uncle that served in uh, Army Intelligence during World War II, but he, you know, there wasn't a whole lot he talked about or said anything, and he was great. But uh, this was, Uncle Mel was just truly amazing in the things he would do. Um, I remember, I believe it was for my 10th birthday, he gave me uh, a plastic model of the B-17. He said, here, Kevin, you can put this together and think of me. And I kept that model intact for as long as I could, and I actually had it hanging in my room for years and years. And then the fishing line or something happened, and it fell off. And when it hit the floor, it just shattered. And that was terribly upsetting to me. It's like, this was a gift from Uncle Bell, you know, and, and all that. And I, I always meant to get one and put it back together again. And, uh, you know, truly to appreciate that. Because I've told my kids, um, they never, my oldest met him one time, but she was very little. But she thought it was cool to have a connection back to World War II, especially to somebody that flew, you know, in a B-17 over that. Because, matter of fact, he came back from his 25 missions and was being trained on, his crew was being trained on the B-29 Superfortress when Japan surrendered in the Pacific because they were preparing for the invasion of Japan. So it was truly amazing. It made me think, over the weekend, I watched the series on um, Amazon uh, Prime, uh, it was an HBO series, I think, called Pacific, and it, it chronicles the events of several soldiers, and they're all, as I believe it, I think they're all real-life people. I don't think it's actually any made-up characters. They might be some fictional elements, but they're all guys that served, a lot of them in the 1st Marine Division, the guys that hammered it out on Guadalcanal and all those crappy little islands all scattered around the Pacific and stuff like that. Some of them came back to uh, Melbourne, Australia, and were there on leave for a long time after they got pulled out of Guadalcanal and all that. It's a great movie series if you want to watch it. It's it's definitely not for the young because it's it's much like Private Ryan. It's really graphic. I mean it 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 takes it to the extreme and you see what some of these guys from this generation went through and how they coped and dealt with things. So that's my little thing. I just wanted to take a moment to to say a tribute to my uncle Mel because I was I was very touched. Uh, I was always, I was always, he was always special to me, and I was very sad to hear of his passing. So, but with that, we'll move on to a little bit of a lighter note. I have adhere, uh, knuckled into my addiction again, guys. I Kevin, 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 Kevin. Really? More USB sticks. Yeah. This time I couldn't resist. I got, I got this one, and I haven't had a chance to open it yet. It's a lovely 8 gig for just $5. How could you pass that up? Quite easy. There's nothing cool about it. I mean, if I'm going to buy an 8 gig that's got no storage for today's media, I'm going to buy one with Darth Vader or or something. You know, I'm going to buy a, a cool kind of piece of merchandise. Well, let's see if... For you, you just buy a, a plain run-of-the-mill black... USB thumb drive. Hey, Kevin, I have a lime green one too. It's not here. <laughs> I, I think I've asked you this in the past. Do you have like a database or something that says on TDK thumb drive with 
16 gigs of, of storage. I've got this, 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 and this on it. I mean, what do you put on all of this? I mean, I've got a couple of, of I've got like two thumb drives that are, are my sneaker nets uh, between computers and stuff like that. And then I've got the bigger portable hard drives that yeah. I put media on and, and do my backup to. And then I've got my NAS drive and, and the airport um, extreme unit with the yeah. drive built-in time capsule. Um, and, and that's basically all I've got besides cloud computing and OneDrive, which I, I'd love OneDrive, yes. one terabyte of storage for my $12.99 a month, including office and an hour's worth of, of landline calls on Skype. Boy, that's a good deal. I'm very happy with Microsoft. Oh, yeah. No, I uh, I have a database of, on one of the thumb drives, but I can't find which one it is. It has all my... Shit. <laughs> what? Okay, okay. This is going to sound dumb. Kevin, why don't you just have one big drive? Well, I, I kind of went that way because besides that one, I picked up this one. Oh. Okay. Ooh, 128. Yeah. 128 USB gig- flash drive. Yeah, three USB three point too. Nice. Now, see now that, that's that's a little bit better. That can actually back up my entire work laptop to one thumb drive now. <laughs> well, now see if uh, what I've always wanted to get is one of those small, low-profile SD cards to go in the card slot of my MacBook over here for some extra storage because. You know, you could get like a 128 gig um, SD card and put in there, and it would be you know half a uh, uh, half as big as my uh, SSD and that I have in there. Plus, I got my spinning drive in there yet, but just that much extra uh, you know storage would be nice, so that uh, I would have a, some place to shove music or you know something like that, and I can pop it out if I want to, and you know move it around. But yeah, no, I. Um I think the biggest flash card I currently have is a 64 gig. So I'll have to start hunting for some 128s because the way I use them is um, those I put in my mobile, my Kingston mobile light, the thing I bought back earlier in the summer that I used to travel for the kids to watch media and stuff on because you can have up to five iOS or five portable devices that connect to it and everybody can stream their own video content from one device so I need 128 gig because I've only got a 64 and a 32. So I've only got 96 worth, gigs worth of media files I can take with me, movies and things like that. And that's never so enough. Kev, Kev, Kevin, you can you can buy though the the Wi-Fi hard drives anyway that have that bigger capacity now. So, but it's not as cool. <sighs> yeah, but it's more fair case, isn't it? It's it's more, you know, let's swap this and you, you're doing more stuff. Therefore, you think that you're busier, but in fact, you're just wasting more time. Yeah, that's, that's what the, geeks do. Yeah, I was going to say, that's the point of being a geek. All right, minus 10 million. Damn, geek, I am on the wrong show. All right, minus bye. 10, <laughs> minus 10 million geek points for Mark, <laughs> and I will divide up that 10 million between Mike, myself, Tim oh, Catton, and Scott Wilson. And... You can't take any off me anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm already. You're the black hole of geek six, six, six. I am the black hole of geek points. No, look, I just the, the funny thing is, I, I understand what what you guys are saying, but we go, you know, from from all these different devices to then, you know, say one device that can do it all, or, or something that you know is really simple and it, it's really easy, and then 
once we've got something that can do it all, we want to constantly go back and fiddle and, and do the stuff that we used to do five years ago. It, it's just a, a weird sort of way that we we act and, and behave and so forth. And even myself, you know, I'm, I'm doing stuff that, you know, I'm, I'm ripping CDs and so forth. And it's like, yeah, I could just buy it on iTunes. I don't want to. I, you know, I want that process. I want the – it makes me feel like I'm actually important and doing something in my own – weird reality yeah i i understand your your need to feel impotent i mean important but the <laughs> i i just do it because i like to have that flexibility of keeping the media wherever i want i mean as these as these flash or sd cards go up in capacity i'm not stuck you know i can keep buying a bigger capacity duplicating the stuff over and adding two for my mobile light. The other thing I like about the mobile light too and having the extra capacity is when I travel, I can then upload my photos to it and have an extra copy there as opposed to uh, only on my phone or something like that. And if I, especially because where I travel to, as I've said before, there's almost no internet signal. <laughs> so uh, one of the places we like to go. So it's, you know, it's kind of nice to have them on a separate physical device somewhere so that until I get someplace where I have it. So I, I like the Kingston Mobile Light. It's actually a pretty cool device, but I've talked a lot about it. Uh, but, yeah, I do, you know, again, I have a thumb drive problem, and there's a good price on them. Now, I'm eyeing, I, you know, I've, I've been eyeing the 128s till they drop below that. I have that threshold of about 50 bucks where I won't pay more than that for a thumb drive. And they this one I caught on sale, it dropped below that threshold. So now I'm eyeing the 256 ones. I'm waiting for them to. See, I, I do. I do that with my vinyl collection. It's like, okay, fifty dollar limit. That's it. If it's above fifty, don't buy it. But yeah. thumb drives, thumb really? Well, uh, Kevin, you're a special kind of geek. I, well, you know, maybe to be fair here, you know, especially in light of um, was it Apple's iPhoto hack that happened over the weekend? Um, maybe local control of your uh, your media and your uh, data, having jump drives that you can store it on, and, you know, also internet connectivity sometimes, too. Because um, I'm not always around um, Wi-Fi all the time, and sometimes even uh, the um, um, 3G gets a little sketchy sometimes. So just to have your data there with you and accessible, because um, I've got a... Uh, Oh shoot! And I can't remember the name of it, but it's a it's a wide drive, kind of like what Kevin has, but it's a different name. And that one you can plug a USB stick into and access it from there. Or you can even plug a USB hard drive into it and access it wirelessly. And so that is at least some way that you could um, store your photos to there. So you could maybe turn off iPhoto, and if you did want to back them up, you could use this uh, transfer them over to there, so you would have copies, and they wouldn't. You wouldn't necessarily be putting them in the cloud, but you would have, um, you know, extra a, a second backup for them. Always have backups. Mm. Yeah, if yeah you don't definitely. Have, if you don't have it in more than two places, you don't have a you don't have a backup. Or actually, I guess it's three technically is what a lot of people will tell you. If it's not in three places, you don't have it. It's no good to have it in any place. So well, there's, yeah, we've, there's, be, we've become very paranoid with this, this though, because if you look at the days when we used to have photographs and shoe boxes uh we were less paranoid about this kind of thing now we're like oh no it's got to be backed up here there and everywhere and yeah anyway just a bit of paranoia helps yeah that's funny because we've been as we've been going through some old photos i've been cleaning some out and i'm scanning things in i uh was showing somebody at work a picture of me uh on christmas 1968 you know standing by the christmas tree in my little pajamas and stuff like that so 
people. Yeah, the, you put that out on Twitter too. Did, did I put that? No, that was a different one. I, that was. Oh, the, okay. This is one. Of, the, the one you're talking about is one that was taking it. Uh, my mom's parents, my grandparents. Um, this was another one. This is actually Christmas morning. I'm holding my Christmas stocking here. I can even let I can let you guys see it because it's not you, hard. You, you wore Christmas stockings? No, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> But that's oh uh, look at that! Isn't it cute? It's in black and white. Yeah, because it, it's hard to carve color into stone. So, <laughs> so uh, but we, but I'm going to start digitizing a lot of this stuff, and I do want to have someplace extra to store it, someplace where I don't want to just put it in the cloud and have that be the only place that it exists. Um, I mean, I do have cloud storage. I, I'm looking, you know, I like like Mike, or not Mike, Mark, whatever the hell your name is down there in Australia. Oh. <laughs> Where are M&M's? Yeah. Oh, that's a whole other picture I didn't need. Oh. <laughs> I'm the nutty ones. Yeah, one of you's got a gooey chocolate center. Anyway. The- <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think we both have a little of that. <laughs> but uh, I do want to keep extra copies of it. And like Mark, I, I do like the uh, OneDrive thing. You know, you've got a with a subscription, you get one terabyte, and then Dropbox now has the one terabyte of space for the same price. Cloud storage is getting really cheap, but no matter... Actually, I've been thinking of using Dropbox with that one terabyte to back up my OneDrive over the internet. Internet to internet backup. Oh, yeah. I've, I've hmm. been toying with that because I've been doing that for a while anyway with certain folders that are on my OneDrive Um Account, so I've been doing that anyway, and it actually works well. So if I'm working on a document for uni and I save the file, well, then it goes up and it saves into Dropbox plus OneDrive plus it's on my my local storage, and then every hour um, it gets backed up via Time Machine. So it's it's pretty solid. It, it works rather well. Yeah, well, I mean, even right now, if I did like a secure bundle, I could get because I'm only using what about seven hundred and Fifty gig, no, about seven hundred and eighty gigs of storage on my uh, on my iMac. I could back that up into a bun- secure bundle and dump that up on SkyDrive and Dropbox and have a full cloud backup up there. Mm-hmm. So that would be cool. I had, you know, I might have to consider doing that. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. You see, what I was uh, try, what I want to do here is I want to use a BitTorrent sync. Yeah, because I got a second. Well, I got more. I got like three computers running in the house here. But I wanted to back, uh, make duplicate copies of stuff on my other computer. Um, so I have duplicate copies. And I know you're supposed to have offsite uh, backup too. And for that, I think I and I think BitTorrent would work over the internet too. Uh, I haven't looked into it real close. I know it'll do net, over the network uh, backups. Um, but then ha- set up a second. Uh, hard drive um, at my son's place because he's he's an IT person. He does that sort of stuff too. And he lives about 30 miles away. So uh, have him do that, uh, keep the drive there at his place, and that's where the off-site backup would be. Uh, not that I don't trust the cloud, but A, I'm a little cheap, and B, even with um, – um, well, I know there are services that will mail you a drive. You can back your stuff up onto it. But with uh, three megs up, it will take you a while to back up any you know substantial about amount of um, media or whatever. So to have uh, him take it, copy the, higher, uh, the contents here, have him take it there. And I think it just does Delta backups uh, to keep your data current. So 
uh, I think that would be a better solution for me. And then, you know, the stuff that I want to be able to access and, you know, I'm really maybe concerned about do a Dropbox. Uh, I mean, I've got Dropbox. I got Box. I've got um, OneDrive. Um, I think I got one other, too. Uh, so I've got about four different cloud services that I could back stuff up to and, and have them handy. Yeah, I got um, uh, I do something similar to what you're talking about. I have a portable hard drive with a little... Oh, I probably need to buy another portable hard drive. Thanks for reminding me of that, guys. Um, one of the uh, non-powered ones, the ones that just run off the USB port themselves... Uh, I, I love those. They're great. Yeah, they are. They're, they're Admit- awesome. Admittedly, they're not as fast. But you don't need to worry about plugging them in and everything, and they do the job perfectly. They, they. I've had two now that I use daily, uh, that just have been running for like two years without a skip and a beat. So they're fine in my yeah, book. I think I have like, I think I have about four or five of them like that. And I just, I need some with larger capacities now because you can get the one terabyte ones for about sixty nine dollars on sale usually. And I want, I'd like to get a two terabyte one. They're still a little over a hundred bucks. But what I do is I back up to one of those, and then I take it to work, then bring another the drive I have at work in my desk home, and then that way I have you know uh, versions of backups. And plus, my office is 45 miles away, so there's enough geographic separation that I feel pretty good about that. Then I have two local copies of my data uh, on that are online that I can grab if I need to, and then I have a, another copy in my desk that I keep here, so... I do have it. I just, you know, I, I would no. prefer to use something like um, uh, what's uh, a crash plan because I think they're one of the ones that'll email you the disk. You know, if you want them to do that to to get to seed your backup originally, like you were talking about. So I've thought about doing that. I just haven't done it recently. Yeah, they, they, just, they just can't email you the disk over the internet, though, Kevin. <laughs> no, but they can send you the disk. I know you, you said email you the disk. Oh, email, you asshole. Oh. <laughs> now, Ooh, mail. Then. Mail, the, that, mail the disc, okay? Now, let, let me ask you guys, because this is something that I think we, we get very geeky and, oh, okay, it's stored here, it's stored there, it's stored in the cloud. We know all this stuff. Do your significant others have any idea where your stuff is? Because I can guarantee that Gretel wouldn't have a clue. I dropped dead tomorrow. And she'd be like, where's all this stuff? And and she just wouldn't know. And that's why I've started actually getting the photographs, the, the good ones that we really, really want, and I'm printing them out for her back to the old shoebox routine because that's what she knows. And, you know, I'm not downgrading her intelligence or anything by saying that. She just doesn't have that geeky, hardcore interest in which bloody hard drive did he put it on or which damn service is it on. Yeah, no, uh she doesn't know that I. She kind of knows some of the stuff where I have it stashed at, and you know all that. Um, I mean, it's interesting was that uh, Allison did that talk at MacWorld. Allison Sheridan, for those listening, uh, over at Podfeet.com, uh, Mac, uh, a, a technology podcast with an ever so slight Macintosh bias. Oh, that one hurt. You need, to, <laughs> you need to grip yourself a little bit harder there, Kevin. Yeah, Get the higher note. It hurt a little bit there. Anyway. Um, she did a talk because of uh, somebody that I think a lot of people know, Tim Forporton, passed away, and she helped his uh, wife sort through his digital life, I guess, for lack of a better term. And uh, she did an interesting thing, and there's a, I think her talk's up online, too, that you can go look at. 
uh, about how to handle that. So I'm trying to take some cues from her. Um, I don't want to admit to her that, that she's right, because that wouldn't turn out well for any of the three of us if we admit to her that she's right about something. So, no, we don't need that. No. Um, and I think what I should do is sit down with my son, because, like I say, he's the IT person, and just explain, okay, here's last pass. Here's the password. You need to get in the last pass. I don't know if I want to do that or if I want to just say here's a, you know, there's a thumb drive stored in a secure place. Get that if you need to get into my stuff. Uh, you know, I, I like my son, but I would rather, you know, maybe not just be handing out my last pass password, but maybe just here's a thumb drive with, uh, you a know. A text file on it with the password on it. Sure, sure. Something like that. Um and then, you know, and whatever relevant information, uh, here's a list of, you know, all the different financial stuff, life insurance, uh, loans, um, you know, creditors. We'd also probably have to put some stuff in there because I'm also the head of the trust for our farm that we have. So I should have to put, I should put some information in there so he can access that to make sure that that keeps moving along properly. Um, yeah, so you have to uh, make sure you have all your your ducks in a row when it comes to this because um you know it, and and being organized does help because i remember uh it was about 35 uh years ago i think it was uh 1979 when my dad passed away and it was mom and me and i was 17 years old and so mom had to go through the inheritance process here in the united states and back then the wife wasn't considered an equal partner in the farm. It was in basically in dad's name, and uh, all this stuff would have had to transfer to her and all the inheritance taxes that would have been required. Well, um, she managed to produce a check, and you know this uh, just kind of justified justified her hoarding tendencies. Well, maybe not hoarding, but you know, kind of pack rat tendencies yeah, pack a little rat. bit. Pack rat era. She was able to produce the check because uh, she'd gotten an insurance check from when her first husband was killed in an accident. She used that as a down payment on the farm. So thus she was able to prove that she was technically part owner. So she didn't have to go through the whole inheritance process, which saved us a buttload of money. Because at that time, there was families losing farms if they didn't have a, you know, and dad had a will. He had stuff in place. But if you didn't have a proper estate plan in place, they, uh, the farms had to be sold just to pay the taxes on them. And so she was uh, you know, thankfully able to, to do this, and the lawyer that was taking care of the whole process for us at the time, uh, you know, he said, you know, Margaret, I'm quite, you know, uh, uh, enthused about uh, or happy with the way you, you know, you, you do things. And she, you know, kind of had her crap together. But a lot of people don't. You go through this and, you know, emotions kick in and you just don't know what to do. And to have a plan in place, to have somebody else know the plan, um, uh, maybe you know, possibly even two people uh, always have a backup plan to your backup plan there uh so if something happens to the other person there's a third person there that would be able to know and access this stuff yeah that's always helpful i mean when we drew up our will several years ago um we had you know we put in initial things then we put up a backup plan behind that inside the will so that you know if this set of things doesn't work out all right fall back to this set of things um but i do need to do something more with the digital stuff i do need to uh, give the keys to the kingdom, so to speak, to, to my wife so that she knows where to find stuff. And I have enough geek friends, locally even, or I could have her fly you guys in and you could clean up my digital mess behind me. Uh, can we bring a digital uh, uh, payloader along? Sure, bring it along. 
Okay. <laughs> uh, just to let you know, Mike, you are getting my kilt. I've already set that aside in my will. Ooh. Well, well, I've you know what? Better you than me, Mike. Oh, you're getting something extra special, Mark. <laughs> oh, God, no. See, will you be able to get that through customs? Oh, yeah. See, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to have myself cremated, and Mark's going to get a little sealed vial of my ashes to wear around his neck for the rest of his life. I thought you were going to send him a real Yay. special cupcake. Uh, no, not that kind of cupcake. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you tell him what was in the cupcake after he's eaten it. Yeah. Or, or better yet, yeah, the, it's not flour, it's Kevin. <laughs> what do you think, Mark? I've, I've got nothing to say. <laughs> we went over I the edge. I, I, yeah, I, I'm lost for words. What? Wait a minute. Mark this on a calendar. Mark is at a loss for words. Okay, at folks. Episode 823. Episode GSE156. Mark lost words. Red letter, I, red letter. Are the bombs I, I just falling? I had a follow up from that one. <laughs> we shut him down. We're saving him. Yes, but we were preserving your voice. That's right. That's right. Yes, we don't want you to stress your throat after how God knows what you had down your throat to get it all irritated like that. So uh, I have to leave that up to your imagination. Well, I'll say she's a very good friend, but <laughs> obviously nothing <laughs> happened. <laughs> So, so, so moving on from the death and Mark uh, eating my ashes in a cupcake and all that sort of thing, <laughs> let's let's talk a little bit about something uh, different. Uh, oh, first, I want to give a shout out. I did hear from our good friend Elaine Giles and Mike Thomas. We have inspired a new listener to join us here on GSE. Andrew, welcome to the welcome to GSE, and we hope you enjoy listening to it. I heard you. And, go- and already we're sorry. Well, now he's from your part of the world. He's from New Zealand. He's from down in your hemisphere. Very cool. Uh, he did say he was going to go back and listen to the whole back catalog of 153 shows. Oh, God. Uh, and again, we're sorry. You can, <laughs> we can save you some time. Start at episode 53, because the other 52 before that had nothing to do with any of the three of us. So, you know, no. just... just yeah, just, it's been better since we've come on, let's be honest. It's been much geekier. Yeah. Yes. So, <laughs> Fowler, too, but, you know. Yeah, and Mark's had his Klingon problem the whole almost the entire time. So, But, yeah, but but welcome, Andrew, and we thank you for joining and listening to the show. Um, but anyway. I was, we're sorry. <laughs> Mark, quit apologizing. Uh, <laughs> it shows a weakness. Uh, yes, it does. It shows <laughs> overcompensation for something. But uh, uh, you gentlemen brought up the topic about iOS automation. Yeah, that was something that I had because, uh, well, my my job is custodian. I'm always walking around the school doing things, and I happen to look up, and I'll see something like, oh, we should fix that. We should do something about that. We should come back. And, you know, I'm going to remember this stuff. Oh, hell no, I'm not going to remember this stuff. You know, I, I suffer from hereafter disease. I walk over there, and I go, what what am I hereafter? Uh <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so yeah, and it gets worse as you get older. Uh, it also takes you longer to walk there, so you have longer to forget. But uh, so I need to come up with kind of a system so that when I see something, the least amount of friction to get something you know down, so I remember it. Uh, and so what I've kind of started to do is trying to find a way that I can get my phone out get something down and have it saved somewhere that I can refer to it later. So I've been kind of looking into some different programs that sort of automate things on uh, there's <laughs> yeah. a well 
See, what I started with is uh, the first link is drafts. Yeah. Um, you bring that up, it'll just bring you a place that you can write stuff. And if you really want to, you can hit the uh, microphone button, you can dictate something in there quick. And then down below, you have uh, bring up uh, things where you can send it. So then I used if this, then that. So then I created a recipe in there that I, uh, I will. You do? Yeah, I just didn't get it. It didn't work with my brain. Although so much doesn't, so. Okay. Yeah. Well, so I've got it set up so that uh, drafts will email it to the if this then then account, and then that will trigger a recipe that will then add that note that I send it to a, uh, a file in um, Google Drive. So then it's there, and then I can bring up my other stuff to. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm reading comments here. Don't do that. Anyway, uh, so then they add on, get adding on to my uh, Google Drive uh, file in my Google Drive, and then I got another note uh, program that I'm bringing up called Awesome Note that I can just keep track of all these things. So I can bring up all that stuff and look at it when I need to. And so I'm just trying to find the you know the easiest way to get stuff in there. And I've been playing with that, and I'm also playing with uh, Launch Center Pro. Um, to um, so I can get to my programs easy. So if I want to look up something or I want to do something, uh, so I can just use that to launch stuff. Or I can go to directly to something in uh, Launch Center Pro, like a, uh, make a note or something like that. So uh, I've, I've been started experimenting with that last week and just trying to come up with some way to make things a little bit easier for myself. Well, yeah, hey, Mike, I, I've, I've got a question for you. Have you um, do you, do you remember back in the day the little notepads that would fit in the top pocket with the little pen? Uh, yeah, I do. Now, and you know, other people have mentioned that to me. Here's the problem. Um, I'm walking around in the summertime in South Dakota. I sweat profusely. Ah, gotcha. Yeah, I end up with wooden pulp in my pocket. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've tried that. <laughs> Uh, and, you know, the other thing is, too, I don't always have it with me. I always got my iPhone. I'm a geek. I never go anywhere without my iPhone. But, you know, there's times you take the pencil and paper out or you don't have it with you or something. Or, you know, we tried making a, keeping a list in the office, but you got to walk back to the office to do it. So, um, like I said, I just wanted to uh, – and I've always got my phone with me because it's, it's sort of my mobile office because uh, I wear uh, these earbuds I have in here that I'm using for podcasting. But I, I'll run it down through my uh, shirt and out the – um, the belt of my pants, and then I got my pouch that I carry my phone in, so it plugs in there. So while I'm listening to podcasts, this the is pou- pouch hands on to Kevin. Hmm, I don't know. Hmm. Hmm. It's it makes... down in the pants somewhere. Well, I'm thinking of the Big Lebowski now, but we'll move on. I, from... I, I'm, sure. I'm just kind of thinking: could the man Kearney have a pouch? Mm. Oh, Sorry, it's... Mike. Anyway, back, back yeah, to yeah. Side. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so um, while I get these. Just... Disturbing images out of my head. Um, <laughs> need a melon baller now? <laughs> <laughs> I need more than that. Uh, it goes down there, and then I've got the, it's got the microphone uh, built in here, so I can hit this. So if I get a phone call, I can hit that, and um, or I'm getting uh, it to the point too where some people I call quite often. I got Siri set up so I can just call them. So I'm trying to you know the uh, you know mo- mobile geekery basically is what i'm trying to do and just uh keep it simple so i don't have to stop what i'm doing necessarily sometimes do things well, that's why i like OneNote, and you know i've talked about it at, ad nauseum at times but if i have used one note on my phone or if i use one note uh in the cloud or something like that it all just shows up back here because i have over here on the side i have one note open and it has my 
show ideas and notes and stuff over here and some incriminating pictures of Mark that Gretel sent me. But the the I have everything right here that I need, and that's why I like OneNote, because I, I've been through what you've been through, Mike. You, you When you start to try to uh, roll your own solution sometimes, being geeks, we will... We will roll a very, to quote the term from the 70s, we'll roll a big fatty when we only really need just a little joint to, to get us through the, the through the moment. So, Well, remember, though, that um, um, I don't, I'm platform agnostic, and I don't think there's a OneNote for Linux. Um, uh, well, you can use it in the cloud. Well, that's true. That's, I mean, yeah, that's have, what I do at work. They have gotten better at that, because I did try OneNote for a while there, but you couldn't. You could uh, what was it? you could look at it on iOS, but you couldn't edit it or something, or you needed to have a, a OneNote app on your computer. I forget what the deal was. There was some limitation, so I got away from OneNote, and I realized that uh, Microsoft finally pulled their head out of their corporate butt, and they yep. realized that uh, if you, uh, it's one thing to uh, you know go rah rah Microsoft. It's another thing to make money, uh, and I think they're finally starting to figure that one out, uh, and so they're. Uh, expanding the use of uh, uh, OneNote and, and the other Microsoft products to other platforms to make it easier for people to use that. Uh, but like I say, at that time when I was going to try and do it, it just didn't work the way I wanted to. So then I started exploring other possibilities. And uh, we use Google Drive quite a bit, uh, especially for when we we're doing uh, Sci-Fi Tech Talk for show notes and stuff and you know, uh, uh, updating and that kind of stuff. So it's something that's there. And then um, I can get to it anywhere you know, where there's a browser. And I guess I had forgot about uh, there's one note. You, can you get, get one note through a browser? Yeah, you can. I uh, you can do it really easily. You can go into your OneDrive account and just choose uh, mm. the file system and choose OneDrive. It's the icon on the far right of that drop down thing that they give you, and uh, you can pop open your OneNote notebooks right there and uh, and go to town. Now, if I had. Um, um, I can actually sync this up to the cloud, which is what I do as well. So this is the local version I'm running on my Mac. And if I had a more current version on my Windows machine, then I could sync it across all three seamlessly. But with Linux, you're going to be stuck. You're, you're still going right. to have to just use it in the browser. But the browser-based version of OneNote is really cool. It works very well, much like all the other browser versions of the uh, Office suite that Microsoft has put out. As you said, they really got their head out of their corporate butt, and they've done really amazing. Satya Nadella, is that right? Seems to really be taking the company in a in a in a good direction, at least in my opinion, anyway. Yeah, I agree. So, so who are we going to have running around yelling, "Developers, developers, developers"? Oh, <laughs> okay, that's, that's payback for the yeah, that's the payback for the kilt comment. So there you go. No, Get that, that image that, out of here. No, that's that's I'm okay with that image. It's just the guy was a moron. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, geez, how he could take you know, hate love or hate Bill Gates, you have to admire what he was able to do, and you mm -hmm. take what he did and you pass it to Steve Ballmer. And this is the moron running around sweating and spraining his ankle in the process of yelling, developers, developers, developers. It's like, dude, give it up. You're Steve, just... Steve the bully balmer. Uh, yeah. yeah. And I understand why people threw eggs and stuff at him now. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
he was just bizarre. I, just like that guy that asked him to sign his MacBook Pro. He said, <laughs> honestly, I do have Windows loaded on it. He said, I'll show you. but Because Balmer didn't want to sign it when he held, handed him the MacBook Pro to sign it. So, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, that was... That was that was very very bizarre, but you know, whatever. I'm glad to see the new guys going in the right direction. So, well, staying on the iOS topic, Mark is all excited over a new game on iOS. He's all worked yeah, up. Yeah, surprising. And, and Timothy Chutton's about to throw his iPhone right now. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I like um, getting Tim angry because he, he gets so animated. Um, because Tim's got every single game in system and he's promised to never do an iOS game in podcast. And now I'm thinking just to set up an iOS game in podcast, just to get him ruffled up all the time, just because that would be fun. Um, Poor Tim. A couple, couple of things I've been doing anyway, guys, is I've been, now that I'm, I'm getting more comfortable with uh, my uni requirements and so forth, I'm thinking of getting back into doing some reviews and so forth. And one of the best things I like reviewing is games because. It's a little bit of R and R, a little bit of relaxation, and a little bit of fun to be able to play the game. Whereas apps, I find, uh, you know, if I'm trying to review an app or something, I'm I'm trying to find okay, what can it do, and then trying to use it in real world situations. And sometimes I can be cool, sometimes it can feel fake. So I just prefer the gaming. But um, I, I actually picked up Castle of Illusion, and honestly, guys, get it, get Castle of Illusion while it's on sale. It's ninety nine cents US in the uh, iOS app store and it's just a cool little Disney game, uh, Mickey Mouse game and just really, really awesome. Um, so definitely pick that up while well, it's cheap too this week. Um, but no, um, Bioshock, the very first Bioshock that came out on PC in the 360 and PlayStation 3 back in 07, they've rewritten it for iOS, which is kind of cool. So, you know, there's been a Mac version around forever as well. I've played the, the PC version on my iMac on, on Windows 7, and that was a good experience, but the the iMac was, you know, not the most powerful uh, device, and it was choppy in places and stuff like that. Uh, but so far, Bioshock on iOS actually is pretty good. I mean, it's yes, it's dumbed down from what you'd expect on the console, but to get a AAA title looking pretty good from from the xbox 360 and the playstation 3 era looking pretty damn good on there is just absolutely amazing um i've still got to pick up a third party controller i'm looking again one of those made for i mfi yeah made for itunes i think or whatever it's supposed to be uh bluetooth controllers i'm looking at the steel series um and they, they look pretty good. They're, they're small, though. That's the only problem. They are releasing a larger one, but that's not coming till Christmas or early next year. Uh, but that will allow me to actually play the game, um, you know, via an external controller, which I think will actually make it perform a little better. But what's interesting is there's really two camps in this Bioshock thing. There's people who say, oh, this should never have happened, and it's dumbed down too much from the original, and the graphics aren't there. And there's other people like me who say, okay, yeah, I've played the original, great experience, but don't compare them. Because the minute you do compare them, you're going to be disappointed. If you don't compare it and you just go, hey, this is the cream of the crop, the best that iOS can deliver in graphics and immersive gameplay and expansive, massive uh, gaming worlds, 
then it's a very, very intriguing, very interesting uh, game that you sort of look at in a different light that you think, wow, okay, this is what the future of gaming could be. You know, if we get these controllers down pat, if they get the, the AirPlay link to the Apple TV down pat perfectly, you could then use your iPhone or your iPad as a, a gaming system. Albeit generations prior to what we have now in dedicated gaming systems, but still when you can just take it on the run with you, it's always with you so you can play a bit on the touchscreen, then you can come home, connect it in, play on the Apple TV with the controller. That's just a cool future, and it's something that I see happen a lot with iOS. And, and even Android-style gaming, they, they get so close, and they do something big like this, and it's like, oh, wow, yes, okay, you're moving in the right direction, and then we don't hear anything for another 18 months from any major developer. And probably the biggest problem that they've done, although I back this, it's 15 US dollars to buy Bioshock on iOS. So it's extremely expensive, given that on Steam it's like $5 or um, $7 Australian, but it, it's it's cheap on Steam for your PC or your Mac. But it's very expensive, and that's going to turn a lot of people off immediately. I mean, you know, just wait for a sale. It'll, three months' time, it'll be down half price, easy. Um, but it, it's worth the money, in my opinion. It's worth it just to have it there and just to geek out on it. And, you know, when I'm playing the game, what I look at, and, and this will sound really stupid, but this is coming into our sort of geek-style attitudes I'm looking at this little phone and I'm, I'm thinking, okay, it's got this little NAND flush drive in it and I'm thinking of all the commands that have to go back and forth from that storage uh, to actually control this. And I'm just going, wow, this is in my hand running on a battery and, you know, how is this possible? And then it's like, God, how long is this little flush drive in there going to last without keeling over with the amount of information that's got to go back and forth? It's just, it, it's reinvigorated. Um my interest in iOS game, and it's still not back to where it was a few years ago, uh, but it certainly piqued my interest a little bit. I have to admit, I downloaded a new iOS game, but I'm pissed off at it because I can't figure out what the frick how to play it. Um, and well, I what is it? It's, it's by the same guy that did Flappy Birds. Um, he came out with a new game. It's called, I mean, I got to look here on my phone. And I can't figure out how to control the damn thing, or I'm too stupid. It's called Swing Copters. Oh yeah, I've heard of that one. I haven't haven't tried that yet. I can't figure out what I'm supposed to do, and it's got no damn See, directions. I, <laughs> I don't like those types of games, like Angry Birds. I I just don't get into that. All those endless runners that you just keep running through and dodging stuff. I mean, they're they're fun for. Okay, I'm waiting in the Starbucks line, so I'm going to just play this because I don't want to you know, have a fake conversation with the person in front or behind me. But when I actually, I, I, when I play games, regardless whether it's on a console or whether it's just on a, a, a tablet or an iPhone or something, I want this story. I want to be encapsulated in a story. It's very much like a movie for me or a book. It's got to be that story driven. Someone's actually wrote an, a decent, interesting story and I'm living through the experience uh, if that means I'm playing the game and I'm interacting with it, great. But if it doesn't have a story, I just I'm not interested. Well, my problem is I get distracted by shiny things. So when I get too deep into some of those games like that, like long campaigns or something like that, I get 
I go off the side, you know, I I just completely go off the rails, I should say, and, and I I get bored. There's there's games that I played. There was one game that was some flight simulator game that used to be really popular, and I bought it, and I thought, all right, I'm going to get into this, you know, I'm going to get really good at it, and it, it got really hard, so I ter- turned it into my own game, and the trick was I used to take off. It was a jet flight simulator, and I'd take off. I'd circle the runway and come back, and then the trick I had for myself was to see how many times in a row I could roll the plane 90 degrees and hit the ejector button and hit the tower when I ejected out of the plane. <laughs> it was I yeah, just, like you can keep going back and doing that in the simulator. Just, you know, it's like because they had all this complicated stuff and RFB to you know and all this stuff. He heads up display. I'm like, this is too. It's just like when I tried to play uh, the Madden series of uh, the NFL games. I love football, and oh, I they're, they're, Absolutely a pain in the butt. I can't play them either because there's too many button I, controls. What What's interesting is in 2009, Nintendo with the Nintendo Wii had all those uh, sports games come out and they had the, a new style of gameplay where you just sort of do motions with the, the motion controller and it was really simplified and basic and that just works. And I think that's why... Um, you know, that uh, Castle of Illusion game I, I like um, on iOS because you literally move Mickey and jump Mickey. That's it. So the controls really make sense. It's really easy. It's very basic controlling, but it's a lot of fun still, and it's still challenging because it's your platform-style game, so you've got to jump at the right time and time it well and everything like that. Um, but, yeah, when, once you have to press too many buttons, it's like, oh, no, I, I don't want to do this. And sports games are the worst. Soccer or, or football, wherever you are in the world, that's just as bad as Madden. Um, and they're good games, though. If you can dumb down the controls, I even enjoy playing them. And I'm not that much of a sporting fan. Yeah, because I tried playing it on my Xbox. And said, okay, do this, 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 and then you throw the ball. And I'm going, I'm already tackled, people. I didn't have time to push that many damn buttons. Definitely. Look, you, you went back to the old original Nintendo Entertainment System where you had the D-pad and A and B button, and that was it. And and, and one, you know, A was to, to pass, so B was to run faster, and then hold down A to, to kick harder or to, to shoot a goal. And, and that's the type of thing. That's the simplicity that I want. I want to enjoy the game, not learn how to play the game for a week before I get to enjoy the game. Because if I have to learn too much, then the interest is gone. It's lost. Yeah, I just started running continuous quarterback sneaks. The quarterback take the ball and try to run it. That's all I could do. I mean, there was nothing else I could do because I couldn't figure out how to throw the damn ball. And, yeah, and then, of course, it gets very boring, and you you put it away, and you don't play it anymore. And then some Actually, 10-year-old kicks my ass at the game. <laughs> well, you see, the game, I've been, we uh, have kids. <laughs> uh, the game I've been playing that uh, I'm getting addicted to is Minecraft because, uh, you know, you oh, yeah. go around, you build stuff. And, you know, the controls are, uh, there are pretty simplistic, uh, keyboard and mouse. So it's uh, WSDA for forward, backwards, and side to side. And then uh, you can use your uh, – I, I have been playing it on my uh, Windows machine over there, but I ought to try it on the Mac with the – I got the trackpad over here because uh, I was trying it before after I got my – was setting my desk up today here, and so I was trying it. And with the um, trackpad, you can sit there, and it seems a little bit 
controls seem a little bit more interesting. But you know, you can tap to uh, right uh, or left click to uh, hit something, and then left click to do a, you know, a separate action. But you don't have to remember a whole lot of things there. And then you got a little quick thing across the bottom there by pressing the number keys. You can select a quick selector for whatever tool you want or whatever you got stored down there. Uh, and then you know, it's an open ended story, so you just go and. Um, you know, you build stuff, you try, and you can, there's, you can ramp it up or down. Sometimes I uh, cheated. I was in the survival mode. Well, it's not exactly cheated, but uh, it's in the survival mode but, mode, but you can turn the monsters off so you don't have creepers coming up behind you and blowing you up, which kind of ruins your day. You can turn them off. I turned them back on because, okay, uh, you don't get experience if you don't have the monsters there to kill and all that kind of stuff, or you don't get it as fast. Um, so I was doing that. But, you know, it's a that's a simple game. It's addictive, and you can create your own stuff. Um, I've spent, you know, the last couple days clearing off and building up this one uh, mountaintop there, so I think I'm going to start building a fortress or, you know, something up there, maybe Superman's, you know, Fortress of Solitude or something, and you know, whatever, but, you know, you can uh, just let your imagination run with you, and uh, that's what I like, and I the other kind of game I like, which is along the same lines as your population building, or your uh, city building games, uh, yep. the one I was addicted to before Minecraft was Banished, uh, and that's just you're building a town. You know, there's no goals or anything. You just kind of go as you wish. And um, and I should get back to that one because that's kind of cool too. But uh, those are the kind of games I like. And then there was one on iOS that was free the other day. I downloaded. I should sit and play with it called Goddess, uh, G O D U S, uh, from the makers of Populous. I don't know if you guys remember that. Uh, that's an old, probably about as old as Mark uh, is game when the. Uh, it was uh, ran on like 286 uh, computers or you know something like that. So it's a really old game. Uh, but that one uh, there, you had to control. You you needed to have followers. You were a god. You needed to have followers. So you had to do things to encourage your followers. So you'd level out the land so that they'd have a place to plant, and then you would. Um, oh, geez, I don't remember. Basically, you had to control the environment so that your uh, your um, uh, followers would flourish and they would keep going, uh, but then there was the the other side, the dark side, if you will. They had followers, so you had to try and convert them or kill them or whatever, uh, intimidate them, whatever. And so it's just kind of this: you had to keep everything in balance to keep you know to win or to, you know make sure that your site succeeds or whatever. And uh, and that was a you know, pretty simple game. The sports games or the the run and shoot. Uh, ones call of duty no i just yeah like say for me it's you know yeah the buttons and the controls and that kind of stuff it just drives me a little nuts give me something where i build something yeah that's uh i used to be really addicted to the ios game called we city we city um i played that a whole lot i played that for months and months um, and it was, you know, you had to build up your city, you built your manufacturing, and you produced products, but you had to pay for the raw materials. So it cost you X amount to, to build a product that's actually going to end up returning. But the more complicated the product was, the longer it took your factories to turn it out and all that sort of thing. And you could rearrange your thing, and you collected money from the stores you had. And then at the holidays, you could buy decorations for your town. You know, to decorate it, like at Halloween, I had a bunch of haunted houses, so I had little kids running around trick-or-treating and zombies walking around and Frankenstein walking around. It was pretty cool stuff, and it was fun to play. I loved playing it on the iPad. It was really amazing to play. But I sunk untold amount of time into that game, and actually, that's my one time I did in-app purchases, and I did probably sink 
I don't know, 30 bucks in in-app purchases into that game. So, uh, But I did it all through iTunes cards. I would buy iTunes cards and do it that way. I didn't actually give them a link directly to my credit card. But I do like those kind of games, Mike. I like the things where that, that feeling of you being a god and controlling the world and stuff like that. It's much easier for me to look, you know, maybe it's because I'm older now and I, I'm in management at my company, so I like to have that manager type of feel where, oh, you people over there, you go die now. I'm done with you. <laughs> Well, you guys are probably like Civilization and Age of oh, Empires yes. because yeah. they're, they're very good games. I love those. Yeah, I have Civilization. I just haven't played it for eons. Well, I've got all the – I think I should go back and check. I think I've probably got every iteration of uh, Civilization plus, plus I think most of the add-on packs. And so, I mean, I've been at it since like version one. Well, mm-hmm. no, version two, I think, is when I started playing. But I think I got version one around here. I don't even think I got a computer it would play on. Yeah, you know, there's an iPad game for you, but because um, that one would be so simple that you should be able to play it on an iPad. But um, yeah, it's just those kind of games that, uh, yeah, the more creative uh, ones. But um, I was just going to add the, uh, uh, Kevin, you do have the body of a god. Unfortunately, that god is Buddha. That, that, that's true. I won't deny that. Um, but Buddha's not wearing. Nice. But, but now think of this: Buddha's wearing that little diaper thing. So think about me sitting there in that little diaper thing. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! From hero to zero, <laughs> that's it. Mark went the full full spectrum there, from slow clap to trying not to vomit. Yeah, Mark had to clap. Yeah. Now he's throwing up from the claps. But I but I'm not the clap. <laughs> Okay, we won't go down that rat hole. You have enough trouble with your Klingons, so we'll just leave that. I do. Hey, guys, just one quick thing before we either move on or or call an end to the show, Um, (laughs) because I know Tim Chatton's going to kill me if I don't mention this, but there's a new 3DS that's being released in Japan only, and it's got a little nub. And I'll try and show you guys. (laughs) Sounds like a personal problem, dude. It is a personal problem. It's a performance problem. Oh, jeez, oh, and I just, yeah, well, there's a performance problem. I just closed the window on my iPhone. Okay, across there, see that little grey nub? Yeah. Re- do you remember the Lenovo laptops and so forth, how they used to have that little nub, and many of them still do, right in the middle of the keyboard? Yeah. Well, what they've done is instead of putting in a full analog stick a- as a secondary analog stick to the unit, they've put in the nub. And um, anyway, that Bottom line is it's a little bit faster, new games and all that kind of jazz, but it's like, I don't know, I just, I want a bigger nub than that. It's like too small. And the jokes just rate themselves, people. Oh, my Lord. I'm just going to stay away from Mark and his problem with his little nubs. <laughs> but I need a bigger nub, man. Oh, dear God. People, please write in say, Mark's nub. <laughs> Write in with suggestions on how Mark can improve his nub. <laughs> I wonder if I rub me nub. Would that help? <laughs> no, no, please don't. Wait till we're done off this. Folks, <laughs> we are doing this via video. We don't need to see Mark rubbing the nub. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, I'm losing my voice as well, so I'm going through puberty again. Backwards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's all right. So for, for, You're like Benjamin Button here. We got, we got Mark Button. Mark Button, and he has trouble with his nub. I think we've we've sent a lot to it. Nub, nubs and buttons. Nubs and buttons. Yeah, there we go. Okay, we need to There's move on. The show to, title. <laughs> that we need to move on to another topic before we end up in the in the real dump. Um, 
Mark had a little bit of a rant, although we're going to try to control him. because oh, Actually, can I? is this related to the Apple problem that I had a couple of weeks ago? No. Okay, I'll just quickly... Give me two minutes and I'll quickly... Okay, so everyone knows that I, I bitched and moaned and complained, and Mike's timing me now for the two minutes. <laughs> but... Um, Okay, Apple customer support, I had a problem. Anyway, I went through, emailed um, Tim Cook's office and got it, it dealt with, uh, with um, their relations office at, at the very top level. Absolutely superb customer support since then. And I was actually able to prove that their engineers were, were incorrect because they, they stated twice that, no, there's no problem with the video. And I was able to showcase by sending them my videos that, no, there is a problem. They found out, yes, there is a, a, a definite problem. They're now going back to Sony uh, to get new source material to fix that problem. So brilliant customer support. And and the woman that was, you know, arrogant and, and mean and just didn't want to help, uh, she was required to redo training. And um, so, yay. Um, so if you have a problem that can't be resolved at the first couple of tiers, just escalate it straight up to, to Tim Cook's office. And those guys up there, wow, they do a great job, very thorough, um, just absolute wonderful experience. It, it regained my faith in Apple customer support. So very cool. Anyway, that's good. how did I go, Mike? A minute and a half. Yes. All right. Now, what was this other rank, Kevin? And, and bear in mind that my voice may not hold up much longer. <laughs> I don't. You were you were bitching and moaning about a Mac Mini. Uh you know what? I need to buy two new iPads and a new iMac or a new Mac this year because the kids' iPad twos that I'm like part of this um, Castle of Illusion game. I I got. I really got it for the kids because the kids were bugging me for it, but it doesn't work on their iPad twos. Surprisingly, it's an animated game, and it doesn't work on the iPad twos. So it's like uh, okay. You know, it needs one of the the more modern uh, ones, and I've noticed that a few apps are going down that track where, um, you know, the older gear really needs to be upgraded. So I don't know what I'm going to do with that. I'm going to wait and see if they update the iPads in the next few months before doing anything anyway. But I also need to look at getting a, a new iMac or a new family computer because it, it's late 2009. It's my old one that, you know, trusty as hell, and it just works but it's getting a little bit slow, and I notice things that the kids are trying to do on there, both for school and just fun. That it's getting a little bit choppy with with uh, the games and the interaction and so forth. So I was thinking of picking up a, a new Mac, and you know, I just looked at the the Mac um, the Mac Minis, and once you add a screen to it, it's it's approaching the the price point of an iMac, and the only benefit. Of going with the the Mac Mini is that you're not gimped by Apple's stupid, you know, uh, slow speed hard drive in the iMac and non upgradable RAM and and stuff like that. But it's just I I don't know what a Mac Mini is really for. And I was wondering what you guys thought whether or not you guys can see a use case well, scenario for a Mac Mini. Well, let me alter your your formula there. You know, I'm looking further down the road when you go to buy another one. So when you go to buy your next Mac after you bought this one, if you go with the Mac Mini, you're and you know unless you've screwed something up uh, or there's some you know brilliant technology that comes out, your monitor should still be good. So you'd have mm. to take that out. So the next time you bought one, you'd only have to buy the Mac Mini. 
Um, but if you went iMac route, you're going to have to buy the whole thing. So, you know, it's like, uh, what's a Mac mini about $700 versus, mm-hmm. uh, what's a com- comparable iMac to 15, 1500. You, you can get a 21 and a half inch iMac for around a thousand to $1,100 okay. for, for a fair, fair spec one. Yeah, I mean, is that uh, uh, similarly specced as the iMac, uh, the Mac Mini? Probably um, not. That probably, probably little, be another couple hundred more. Yeah, probably a little, maybe a little bit higher in price. Right. So I'm yeah. almost, I, I guess, almost twice as much. But Mike, I do see your point that you know you, you outlay maybe expensively the first time, but then right. you just keep upgrading, and suddenly that helps it. You know. Anyone who's ever carried one of the big iMacs into the Apple store to try and get the geniuses to look at it, you look stupid. I'd look stupid if I did it too. So it's one of those things that it'd be so much easier to take this little box with you and just go, here, it's got a problem, fix it. Really, I don't think that's the reason you look stupid, so let's not go down that road at all. We don't want to. But it, but it, it helps to clarify that. It, it's it's uh, an ex- it's an excuse. It, it does mm. add to the stupidity of the look, so mm. I'll give you that. Yeah, because uh, God forbid if I have to carry this 27-inch in there. But now I have, uh, thanks to Mark Shepard, I have a uh, 2007 Mac Mini. And Do you know he still hasn't opened that other one that's still wrapped up? It, it, I'm sure he's using it as a doorstop. I don't know. He's weird. <laughs> and I say that in the nicest possible way, but it's like you buy it and you don't open it. And we, we were complaining about this a year ago, Kevin, and he still hasn't opened it. <laughs> oh, okay, well, you don't open okay. your flash drives either. Uh, I don't know. It must be your error or something. It's like, okay, let's buy it but not open it and play with it. Yeah, okay. that, Pri- private, private message to Mr. Shepard. Keep it up. It's driving Mark up a wall. We love it. <laughs> please do. If we need to fund you to buy another one to drive him even further up the wall, let us know. Mike and I will try to tip in. Oh, I, I, I can't stand technology that's not being used. It's like, no, it, it has to get used. Everything I have has to get used. If it doesn't get used, it's got to go. You'd, you'd really have a fit when you go into work in, in the storage room in our uh, in our uh, office, in the because I'm in IT, where they have brand new equipment still shrink-wrapped sitting there. In case something breaks, you know, somebody something breaks, they just pull another one down off the shelf. Well, that, that, that I can understand. That's actually a, a pretty cool backup plan, you know, to make sure that you don't have much downtime. But, you know, it's like you buy it, you open it, you play with it. I don't know. It's just Okay, here, here's a scenario weird. that would drive you nuts then. We just uh, about a week, uh, last weekend, we got rid of all the computers that had been around the school. Some of them had been there for 10 years. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, some of them I remember when I started 10 years ago, I unpacked them. So they'd been sitting around there for that long. And they were starting to drive me up a wall because at some point when you're done with this stuff, we need to move it and get it out of here. And we got a new superintendent, and that became like priority numero uno, and we all got behind it. And then it was the fiasco of trying to get a recycler there to get this stuff. He called, he canceled, he called, he canceled. Finally, we got some other guy that showed up, and he backed up. I don't know if the guy know what hit him or not because all of a sudden he had janitors and teachers running out with computers, and uh, it was two other two guys on the back of the truck and it was all they could do to keep up because we were shoveling those things at him so fast we wanted to get them on the truck before they changed their mind and left yeah no <laughs> but the the mac mini the the 2007 mac mini that i have the kids still fight over using that the monitor to feed onto what mike was talking about 
the monitor hook to it, and you can kind of see it over my shoulder a little bit, is a Dell 19-inch. It was the very first LCD monitor I ever bought, and it's probably, it was an ultra-sharp 19-inch, and I want to say it's probably 10 years old. Yeah, it's it's at least 10 years old. It's It still works great, and that's the computer, despite the fact that it has a little bit slower CPU and stuff in it, just because of the monitor size. They, the kids love using that one. And that little 2007 Mac Mini still chugs along and does most everything they want to do. So no. I, I, I do like that. And, and the other Actually, thing... can I ask a dumb question? No. Because I, I haven't looked at Dell monitors or separate monitors in years. And yes, I, I know I ask a lot of dumb questions, but here comes another one. Do the, the new computer monitors have, like, multiple HDMI slots in them? Because what I'm also thinking of doing is separating the, the kids' gaming systems from my main TV. And then if I got them the Mac Mini, could I then have, like, an Xbox connected to the the, well, the one display? Yeah. The, the 23 That inch, might work. The 23-inch HP I have here, which you can buy an equivalent to it now, I think it's like $120 for the monitor or something like that, has VGA, DVI, and HDMI inputs, all three on it. So mm-hmm. and, and you can get them with more than that on them now, too. And something sure. else to think about with your 21-inch iMac, is it the right vintage that it can be used as a monitor only? Remember, No, they, it's not, unfortunately. I it's wish little, it was. It's, it's a little too old for that. Yeah, it's, it's like one generation old or, or one or two generations. Uh, there was one or two updates after I, I got that one that you could use it as a monitor because that would have been cool as well. Yeah, no, but you can, the modern monitors that you buy, almost all of them, and they're not that expensive. I mean, if you're not worried about the color correction and, you know, all that precise colors and all that sort of thing. Yeah, you can get them. They have multiple inputs, and the newer ones like this HP that's now two year, almost two years old, you can switch the inputs. I can have all three plugged in at one time and then yep. tell it, take the take it from here. Take it, cause so this, basic, basically it's a television without the tuner. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. And you awesome. Could, you could buy a television and use it as both a television and a monitor if you wanted to. Or you could hook an Apple TV up to it, and you could uh, watch uh, watch videos on it or t- uh, TV shows or whatever. Yeah, you could watch your I Dream of Genie and uh, uh, Gilligan's Island reruns on it. Yeah, I'm just dying to do that. Yeah, everybody is. So, But you could also watch Big Bang Theory reruns on it. Hmm. Think about Penny in high def. I've already got her in high def, and she's a little too sharp for my liking. <laughs> okay. Honestly, the, well. the, the high def um, Big Bang Theory uh, delivered via iTunes in HD. It's very, very sharp. In fact, it's overly sharp, and I don't like it as much as the standard def because of that. It just, I don't know, it wants to cut the image out of the screen almost. It's just... It's sharper than most other content I've I've had, um, so it's a bit distracting for that. If anything gets too sharp, I just take my glasses off. <laughs> That'll fix it. <laughs> and well, unsharp is right where I. One thing I wanted to throw out before we got off the Mac Mini subject, there was the one problem is if you're playing games, um, the Mac Mini only has Intel graphics in it. Uh, if you're going to start playing games, you know uh, that use more uh, horsepower. Now the iMacs, yeah. Now and I'm hoping. I'm not holding my breath, but I'm hoping. You know, September 9th, Apple's supposed to be making some announcements. I kind of wish they would 
I don't think they would, but I, it would be kind of nice if they'd come out and say, yes, yeah, so and now Mac Mini with, you know, NVIDIA graphics or, you know, even eight, uh, uh, ATI or whatever they're calling themselves now. Uh, no, well, there's, a, there's a big difference between, like, the headless Macs when you look at it, because you've got the Mac Pro at the extreme level and you've got the Mac Mini at the, the cheap level, but you've got nothing right in the middle that would appeal to, to many users, really. And I, I noticed that right across Apple's product line, they they've got this and then they've got that, but they just they don't have that one thing in the middle that maybe they don't want to do. But there's a lot of people that could benefit from that. Yeah, well, uh, you know, and I've cons- I actually considered before I bought my iMac, I was actually heading down the road of buying a Mac Mini and a MacBook Air to fulfill my needs. But then I kept thinking, well, I've got a MacBook. I'm not really using it portably that much. I, you know, I occasionally take it and do something portable. So I don't know that it's really worth it. And then I started tweaking the Mac Mini config, and I started to, I, I crept up into a, a low-end iMac. And I thought, well, if I'm creeping into a low-end iMac, let me tweak it a couple more times. And I creeped into a middle and then an upper-end iMac. So it, it, it was a, a self-perpetuating type of uh, thing. But I, I mean, I really consider that at some point when this iMac uh, gives up the ghost that I may switch to a Mac Mini. And I know when I get ready to replace the kid's computer, I will buy them another Mac Mini. And I'll buy a refurbed or a used one like a, like Just, just buy the one from Mark Shepard because he wouldn't have opened it and it'll be worth 200 bucks by that stage. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Mark... Uh, Shepard, you, you, you've heard from uh, Mr. Greentree. Just go ahead and put my name on that one that you've got still in the shrink wrap and just set it aside. And As the door stop. And in another couple of years, you can just, you know, we'll just, you can just send it on out to me. How does that, does that fit for you, Mr. Greentree? Uh, that, that'll work for me, but knowing you, you'd probably have it sitting on your desk for like a month and not open it just to traumatize me. Well, traumatizing you is something that Mike and I strive for. It's a hobby. Yeah. It's you know it's entertaining at the least, right? So that and you do it so well. That and the mental images that we put in your head, so that you know it always helps. There, me and my little Buddha uh, outfit. I think I'll start yes, wearing and, that. And you and a muffin. I think I'll start wearing <laughs> that as uh, my podcasting outfit, the Buddha outfit. Oh, please don't. Yeah, right. What do you I, think? I I beg of you. Oh, please. oh. <laughs> The noise and vibrations you hear may not be coming from my mouth. Anyways. <laughs> anyway, I think on that God note. We don't do video. Uh, well, we but do, I'm, but you yeah. don't have to put up with watching us. That's true. We did do that a couple times, but you know, we've moved on past Yeah, you, you know what? We, we did that. We put it on YouTube, and we made like three cents. So thank you for everyone who <laughs> clicked the little ad button at the bottom. I think Tim Chatham was the only one who actually clicked it. Because yeah, every he, time I watch Tim's stuff, I actually click it because I know that he lives off that stuff. <laughs> yeah, but you never sent me my penny and a half. Well, I was waiting for it to get to a dollar, Kevin. Because, oh, you shit. know, it cost me more to send you the penny and a half than it would to send you the dollar. Well, you could, just put, in, yeah, you could just put it in an envelope and mail it. <laughs> Fine, I'll put it in an envelope and mail it. And then the, the, the air mail will cost me a dollar. I know, and then I'll send you change back. <laughs> oh, good God. That, that's as dumb as our idea or my idea of let's do a podcast where we're like pen pals, but we record it on thumb drives and mail it to each other. I have a reason to buy more thumb drives now. 
you well, know, so like I you was need blind into your psychosis, you see. That, that's what it was. I, I still think it's a viable podcast to actually do it and, once and, a year? and send the thumb drive. Well, you know, you put out an episode every six months. So I mean, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, we'll build it's a up podcast a- that keeps on giving that doesn't bore you shitless. We'll, we'll build up a listener base really quick on it. And to tell you what, you I'll send it to you. You add your bit. Then you can send it to Mike. Mike will add his bit. He can send it to me. I'll add my bit. And then back to Australia it goes again. I <laughs> like it. You, you know what? We should at least try it for, for Geekiest Show Ever and see how it goes and see if we can make some coherent conversation or something happen. That'd we can't make coherent cool. conversation happen now. How are we going to do it with thumb drives? Because we can think about what we're going to say before saying it. Are you trying to say we don't anticipate our thoughts in advance on this show? Yes. Okay, just as long as we're clear on that point. Anyway, <laughs> folks, we want to thank you for listening and joining us this week. I uh, and, oh, and we're sorry. It marks, uh, marks a sorry individual. So we just want to make sure that you understand. Oh, and I forgot a big thank you to Dorothy for sending me those new icons and stuff, so I really appreciate that. Oh, now Mark's having an apoplectic fit. What the hell do you want? <laughs> Pocket Size Podcast, Scott and Ronnie, they did their last show. They killed it. They absolutely killed it. Oh, we'll spare him yes, that. I really am going to miss that show, but I wanted to say one thing. I will too. They went out on top. And so many podcasts don't do that. So many podcasts just keep going for years and years. Leo Laporte's are one where half of them should die and be refreshed. And I've got to, I've got to give Scott and Ronnie credit for, for dropping it now while they were at the peak. All right. Now I've got a mental image trying to figure out who's on top, Ronnie or Scott. I don't want to think that. Just... I, I, I think Scott was always on top. Oh, poor Ronnie. And, and Ronnie just slid in underneath. Oh, oh, boy. oh Jesus God. Christ. Hey, Kevin, edit this part out, will you, man? <laughs> Brain Sorry, bleach. guys. Brain... Hey, listen, I was trying to say about the final episode, I'm going to miss the show, and I don't want to see it going. It's no, no, making no. me sad. I'll miss the music, because I love that song. Oh, yeah. I did. Scott, so. Scott killed podcasting with that music. There was, I, I just couldn't compete. I just went, oh, forget it. I can't do a, a tune like that. Yeah. Especially at one and a half speed. I know that, uh, that drove him crazy knowing that people listen oh, to yeah. him at one well, and a half speed. the final speed. episode, I actually listened to at one and a half speed because it was late at night when I started it. So I was like, oh, I want to go to bed. I want to go to bed. But, of course, he told me ahead of time that I was featured on my backflip with how good an iPad mini is and as a productivity tool. And then seven months later, no, I had sold it and went and bought a MacBook Air. <laughs> so it's like, Scott... Thank you for putting in the highlight of my time on Pocket Size Podcast on the final episode. Seriously, thank you for that. But, but yes, for highlighting my ever-changing attitude towards technology and everything. And, you know, I, 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 must have, I must have different personalities talking in my head, though, because one minute I'll be, yes, an iPad's really good. And on the other shoulder, no, it's not. Go sell it. Get rid of it. Mark, Mark changed his mind? Really? Yeah, I when know. did this happen? Shocked we thunk it. What, why does anyone listen to me the first time around? I wonder. What? I really wonder. What? Yeah, what? Version, huh? yeah what? version three of Mark <laughs> is always the best one. Version three of his opinions, anyway. <laughs> so, I. But all seriousness aside, folks. Uh, even though uh, Scott and Ronnie have uh, done their last show, go back and listen to the back episodes. It's a really good show. It held. It holds up fairly well. 
Um, and we even hosted it once, Kevin. Yes, we did, uh, what, about two years ago now, I think you and I hosted yeah, it. It, it. It was so terrible that Scott didn't include any of that footage uh, from our episode. So so we did the worst episode of Pocket Size Podcast ever. I don't know that it was the worst, but the best, that's for sure. But but anyway, uh, a big thank it you. It was all- pretty bad. Okay, it was bad. It was horrible. Um but anyway, a big thank you, a serious big thank you to Scott and Ronnie for all they did on the podcast. It was it is was a great show. Um, go out and listen if you haven't had a chance. You will enjoy it. Uh, two very smart individuals. They do know what they're talking about when it comes to iOS. And somebody, both of their opinions, I do value a great deal. So before we go, though, let's uh, go round the virtual roundtable, as people like to say, and uh, talk about where we can be found. We'll start off this week with the guy that I like the best, Mike. Where oh. can- <laughs> he likes me. Mm. Anyway. That, um, that's all right. You know okay. what? He's going to send you his kilt with the short and curly still attached. Oh, oh boy. Folks, okay. <laughs> write to mark at uranus.com. <laughs> yes. And on that note, if you want to uh, something a little different here and you want to uh, find out what the other stuff I do, um, I got Sci-Fi Tech Talk um, with uh, uh, Jeff and Julie, and we don't, uh, we're not nearly as hard on each other as we are here. But um, you can go over there if you want to listen to a podcast about where we talk about the tech and science fiction. And uh, this week we did um, – oh, come on. Come on. Don't – don't, don't. oh, shit, I don't remember what we did this. Oh, Iron Giant. There we go. My brain will finally catch up with me. Uh, we did Iron Giant this week. But, yeah, if you want to catch that, uh, go over there at uh, go to scifitechtalk.com. Uh, I've resurrected my Bard on the Plains podcast, and sometime this week I should sit down and uh, crank out. A, and I got a, an episode, actually, uh, probably a two-parter in mind here. But I got to sit down and start working on that. But that can be found at uh, bardontheplains.blogspot.com. And anything else you want to know about me, go over to my about.me page, about.me slash Mike McPeak. That's M-C-P-E-E-K. And now over to the man whose wife likes me better than him. No, that's all right. Find me at markgrangetree.com. You always make it so simple. Well, if you want to find out more about the show, please go over to Geekiest Show Ever. Uh, if you want to go write us a review on iTunes, that would always be appreciated. Uh, if you want to know more about me, you can find me on Twitter. I am starting to pop up there occasionally. Uh, Twitter.com forward slash B-I-G underscore I-N underscore V-A or over to about.me forward slash Kevin Alder. And I have two L's. Mike has two E's. So we're double, we're double, the, we're double mint gum. We're twice as good. So we'll, we'll go with that. So, folks, we want to thank you for listening and hope you enjoyed the show. And uh, please, please, between now and next week, if you don't remember everything, remember to hug a geek. Hi there. How are you? It's the Governator. Do you know how I got my huge muscles? Well, do you? I worked out every day and ate my vegetables. Now I'm learning how to grow my very own on the Your Own Victory Garden podcast. It's only on the Stoplight Network. I'm a gardener, you idiot. No, it's not a tumor. It's compost. Don't go to the chopper. Get to the raised bed. Hasta la vista, baby.